Aloha. Welcome to this new episode of Pacific Leaders Today, a podcast from the East West Center dedicated to young leaders from the Pacific. This portion of the series focuses on alumni of the Pacific Island Leadership Program, an East West Center program that seeks to build leaders dedicated to shaping the future prosperity of the Pacific region by taking informed and effective action and is funded by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of China, Taiwan. I'm your host, Philippe, and today I'm talking with Jane Awi from PNG. Jane is an academic and a community leader who has committed her life to peace building and reconciliation through creative arts and communication. Jane is a relentless woman leader, and with her, I'm talking today on how to build new and innovative ways to build bridges in island communities, as well as the key role women can play in the future of the Pacific. Jane, aloha. Aloha, thank you. Thank you for joining us for this uh, episode of uh, Pacific Leaders today. Uh, so my first question uh, is just about knowing a little bit more about yourself. Where do you come from and uh, what are you doing uh, with your life right now? Thank you. My name is uh, Dr. Jane Awi. I am an academic and I teach at a university in Papua New Guinea that's called the University of Garoka, which is a teacher training university. Uh, and currently my role is the executive director for the Samara Research Institute, which is a new research institute set up to look after all research activities uh, at the University of Garoka. So we have seven research centers at the University of Garoka and the Somara Research Institute, which, uh, which I'm the executive director, provides the overall coordination of this, uh, re re these seven research centers. So yes, that's, that's um, um, at the university, I provide uh, this uh, research leadership uh, to the research centers. Uh, I am also very passionate about voluntary work for community development and peace rebuilding in, uh, in my own community, which is in the Simbu province of Papua New Guinea. And I spend most of my weekends whenever I can find time to advocate for peace and community development in the community. Uh, so that's my community engagement as a voluntary community service to the community. So, uh, well, that's a, a busy, busy life and busy schedule that you have, uh, Jane, uh, with your uh, community and work uh, commitments. Yeah. Yes, I know. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and so if you are participating in this podcast, it's because you are a former uh, Pacific Island Leadership Program Fellow, a program run by the East West Center and funded by the government of Taiwan. That was generation one. So we were one of the pioneers of, uh, of this program. Uh, can you tell me why did you decide to participate in, in the PILP and uh, how did it impact you? Thank you. The reason why I participated in the Pacific Island Leadership Program was simply to acquire some leadership training and some leadership um, knowledge and understanding um, that will help me to address um, community issues, especially uh, community issues relating to ethnic clash and, and uh, ethnic um, 
fights in in my mm. province, especially in the village that I come from. And so I have an upbringing where every five years, um, Papua New Guinea has national election. And what, what unfolds with the national election is that we have competing political candidates who contest. And when they, when some of them lose the, uh, the quest, they, they inflict violence in the community, I guess, with the support of the supporters and communities. Um, there is what we call tri tribal fight or ethnic clash. Mm -hmm. And I am a victim of that. Um, every five years, um, my parents would take us um, away from the community as um, taking refuge because of the violence in the community. And I never had a stable uh, upbringing in my childhood days. And so as I uh, mm -hmm. acquired um, further education, I realized that I needed to make a contribution in my community and to address this uh, this problem of violence and to restore peace in the community. And so when I, um, when I completed my doctoral studies in uh, creative industry at the Queens Queensland University of Technology, I wanted to see how I could uh, utilize my training in creative industry for peace building, but I needed a bit of training in leadership to acquire the leadership skills and the leadership content and knowledge that will complement my creative industry training and together uh, rebuild the community and restore peace in, in the community. So that was the inspiration why I took up this uh, Pacific Island Leadership Program immediately after my uh, PhD study. Mm. Okay, and and so how did the the learnings that you gained during the PLP uh, helped you to move forward in in that uh, in that plan of yours to to help building peace in your communities? Thank you. This this is a very good question uh, because the training, the leadership training with the Pacific Island Leadership Program was a transformative training. I gained a lot out of this training, and. After the Pacific Island Leadership Program, I returned to my community. Immediately, I mobilized the community and applied some of the uh, training that, that was given to us, especially the project on uh, community action uh, project. And so I had developed this while still on the Pacific Island Leadership Training Program as a project. And then when I mm -hmm. brought it to the village or when I returned to the village, I externalized this project, and that was to um, to mobilize the community towards peace and community building. And so, um, it, it was uh, it was mobilizing the community, but also uh, how I myself could reconcile or forgive my past upbringing as having that sort of um, upbringing with violence. How could I reconcile the past and move forward with the opportunity that was given to me uh, through this Pacific Island Leadership Training and, and implement the training that I acquired? So what I did was as soon as I went to the village, I, I invited the community for a community conversation and storytelling activity. And so we had conversations around how we wanted our community to prosper, to restore peace and to move forward. And 
And so that opened a lot of opportunities for people to share their own stories. So it was a, uh, an opportunity for people to realize what happened in the past and, and, and what is now uh, and how we can move forward uh, with mm. that sort of experience we had. And most of the people through the community conversation, they wanted uh, prosperity. They wanted development. They wanted peace. And, and so to, together, that was uh, the one voice that we uh, fostered out of this community conversation uh, activity. And, and then together, we planned to harness all the good resources that we have in the community and utilizing these resources for peace building. And so what happened was that we had uh, communal cleaning, community cleaning in the shared space that we were sharing, such as the market space, um, a shared river that everyone uh, used as uh, the main source of water for for drinking, for um for washing, for swimming, it's that we had a nice river along um, in the right in the middle of the village. So that was uh, our space. That for me, with my creative industry training, I um, utilized that space as a as a as an open amphitheater. And hmm. so I um, I invited the community and I asked them if they wanted to celebrate the river, but have a festival by the river. And so they agreed. And so we had organized all the creative activities such as uh, singing, dancing, um, or we call it sing sing, which is a combination of singing and dancing to get singing and dancing. And um, also uh, exhibitions of um, cottage industry, exhibition of our cultural artifacts and the good things that we had in the community. So we showcased that and we invited people to come and see our show. And that was the creative hub that we set up for um, economic sort of um, um, income generation, generating uh, opportunity for people. And people started to come and sell and buy and enjoy this, mm -hmm. this space and this activity. And as, as more and more people came, we advocated uh, for peace and we invited uh, our political leaders to, to talk about uh, peace building and to talk about uh, community development and give us support and help us to see the future uh, mm. in, in the community and the power that the people have if they had mobilized themselves for prosperity and peace building. So that's what we did. And I'm really pleased mm. to say that in, in the last election that was in uh, 2017, um, we didn't have much um, domestic sort of like, we didn't have uh, too many violence in the community. We saw very, very less of violence and ethnic clash. So I guess this is a success story. Out of this mm. specific island leadership training that I received, I've come, I've returned to the village to make this sort of um, change in the community. So I must, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I became an agent of change as a result of the uh, Pacific Island Leadership Training. So it's 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 those projects that you you've described are, are really impressive and amazing, and and it definitely puts you in in a very important uh, leadership role. Uh, what was, uh, to your view, the the key elements of your leadership that helped you to make all those projects uh, a big success? The the key element is 
the having the right um, leadership skills and the right leadership knowledge to lead, to lead mm-hmm. as a leader. And so educating ourselves um, and, and knowing the right kind of uh, leadership skills and knowledge and tools that is given to us, that empowers us, uh, or for me in particular, it empowered me to stand in public because uh, in Papua New Guinea, especially in the highlands where I come from, it's a male-dominated society. Not many women stand in public and, and speak and lead the community, but I was empowered with the right uh, leadership skills and the right leadership uh, approach to lead the community as a, as a young woman. And I was able to do that and lead people to to peacemaking, to um, prosperity, to community development. And people listened to me and people followed me. And so I couldn't have done that without this training. And I guess the the leadership um, training that I acquired, I think one that I treasure the most is is on collaborative leadership. You know, mm-hmm. you as a, as a leader, you need to work with people and understand the situation on the ground. And then um, you find a way to navigate through the existing systems and work with um, community leaders uh, for, um, for progress and success. And so having that sort of awareness was very important for me because uh, for me personally, individually, I've studied abroad mostly, um, and I was in the village, but I was uh, out of the village at the same time. I was inside, but at the same time outside. I was mm. visible in the community, but invisible at the same time, simply because of my um, my um, postgraduate studies and um, my education life. I started mm. mostly uh, outside of my own community in my own country. And so going back to the community and trying to work with the community was a challenge. That's why I was visible and invisible at the same time. And therefore, being a collaborative leader and and working with people in partnership was very, very important. Mm. And then it's interesting what you're saying about being visible and invisible. It kind of relates to the concept of uh, what some people call leaderless leadership, which is very much the stepping up as a leader when it's needed and then disappearing to let others uh, take the lead. And there's not like just one person that uh, that focuses the leadership on on him or on, on herself. Um, Absolutely. Yes, th- that is so true. And another layer to um, to this kind of leadership is that I needed to have an external team that provides this ongoing input on designing catalysts and activities that will continue to uh, inspire um, change. And so uh, for me, I was a university lecturer and an academic. And so I was attached to the university at the same time, trying to do a bit of community service. And so I returned to the university immediately expressing the concern that I was invisible and visible at the same time in the community and I needed an external team to support me. And therefore, I invited my colleagues who are passionate about community development to form a research team. And so I led a team of uh, four 
researchers across the university who supported me to go to the community. And then we converted the community project into a, a research project. And uh, right now we are writing about it. We published uh, two papers and we've got eight more papers to publish. And we've, um, we've, um, we're grateful that the um, East West Center has supported us in giving us uh, very critical reviews uh, mm. on uh, the the book that we were working on. So yes, this is where we are. <laughs> nice, very impressive. Uh, and and so obviously this uh, this choice of yours to go towards uh, peace building leadership, basically through all your projects, is is based on your personal experience. But if we look at the at the bigger picture here. How important it is for you uh, to have more peace-building leaders, uh, whether in PNG but in, in in the Pacific in general, in the times that we are living right now. Uh, absolutely, um, in in the Pacific, I think um, one one area that I I think more participation has to be um, emphasized is looking at increasing. Uh, women participation at the top level, at the na national and international level, we are getting very less and less number of women in this very critical positions who can bring in a balance in in conversation, in policy, in development, uh, and bringing in or representing the voice of the women. Um, mm. We're seeing less and less and less of that, and and I feel that. Um, Especially when we have violence or conflicts or problems uh, in Papua New Guinea, one case in particular is the gender-based violence, which is eating into the fabrics of our society. And we're getting um, domestic violence cases every probably day or um, every year we get cases of um, domestic violence. And mm. I feel that uh, women's voice are, are missing in, at the national and international level, especially as a Pacific community, we need to promote and encourage more women to participate in decision-making, especially when we have conflicts and situations that affect women uh, mm -hmm. and children and young people. I think we can, women can make a significant impact if they are given the opportunity. So this is one, one area that I think um, uh, we need to increase uh, consciousness and awareness um to people um i guess in authorities that can accommodate for women participation mm. yeah the role of uh, uh of women as peace builders in in communities is uh, is known to be very very important especially in in our islands right exactly exactly mm. that's right yeah. Um, and and so that ties perfectly to to the next question. Twenty twenty two is going to be an, an important uh, year uh, for PNG because uh, if I'm not mistaken, you have elections at the end of the year, uh, and and maybe Fiji as well will have elections this year. Uh, so we may see uh, some kind of of change and 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 turnover uh, in, in the leadership of those countries and, and maybe in other places in the region. So thinking about what's going to happen and what's at stake right now, uh, given all that, that you've described, how do you envision, uh, the future of, of the Pacific in the years to come? Um, <clears throat> political leadership is, um, is, is an area that needs, um, I guess, 
that that needs participation of of all citizens and especially our political leaders uh, and the political hours must be represented by both males and females. And uh, the Pacific will be a better place if we have an equal number of women leaders and equal number of uh, male or men leaders uh, in decision decision making for uh, their citizens. Now, in Papua New Guinea, as we are preparing for the national election, which is about a month away, around March, I think the election um, will be will be open and people will begin to do their uh, campaigns. Now, I am hoping that more women candidates uh, will put their hands up and volunteer to be contesting because that's what we need for Papua New Guinea. We need to increase uh, consciousness that women are alive and women make up the, the country. Women are mothers of the country. Uh, women um, are the builders of the nation. And women can bring in equal participation and decision-making uh, to formation and the development of, of their country. So I hope that more women will participate. And I also hope that more men will support and recognize women as leaders and give them their support and acknowledge the potential that they have to make these contributions at the highest uh, level, especially at the national political level. Yeah, exactly. It uh, requires the commitment of everyone, and not just women, but uh, men and women, in order to to move forward in that in the right direction. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, so my my last question for you, Jane. Uh, given all that we we've talked about by now, uh, for the people who are listening to this episode uh, of the podcast, if you had anything that you'd like to uh, share uh, to them, something very important to you, uh, any recommendation, any advice uh, for the people of the Pacific, what would you like to tell them? Um, to, to the listeners, I mean, the Pacific is, is a beautiful country and um, we share the ocean um, and we are people with... Um, with responsibility for the old, for the young, for the environment, for the nature. And we have great rich oral tradition and uh, we love storytelling. And the problems that we see now, um, especially with COVID-19 pandemic, um, I think with the Pacific Island can find a way to navigate um, emerging sort of uh, challenges such as the COVID um, pandemic that is um, attacking the world right now. There, we have successful stories within our own communities. And if we can spend more time to share these stories and to recognize the good values, the good cultures and the good traditions that we have that is complemented with the beautiful environment, the nature and the Pacific Ocean that we have, we bond through, the, to, through these things. And so if we can treasure them and if we can find solutions within our own communities and within our own environment, I think we are resilient um, community and a very resilient uh, society in the Pacific. Mm, wow. 
great, great inspiration. I'm pretty sure with your knowledge uh, and your commitment to creative communication, we'll, we'll, our communities can find ways to really be more visible uh, in, in in the region and, and beyond that as well. Absolutely. And I also want to say this to um, pe people who may be interested, especially young uh, people who may be interested in the Pacific Island Leadership Program. Um, I think this is a really great program that um, equips young people, especially young people of the Pacific, with the right kind of leadership content, leadership skills, and leadership training that will empower you to make transformative um, changes and become an agent of change in our respective communities. So if you do get an opportunity, learn as much as you can and bring back what you learn from Hawaii, Taiwan, and wherever uh, field trips you have and make an impact in your community and be an agent of change. Thank mm. you. Thank you very much, Jane, and thank you for this uh, call for change that is, uh, that is very important and uh, good luck uh, for all your coming projects. Thank you so much. I'll be happy to help wherever I can. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Pacific Leaders Today is the podcast produced by the East West Center, a nonprofit organization that promotes better relations and understanding among the people and nations of the United States, Asia, and the Pacific through cooperative study, research, and dialogue. For more information on the Center and its leadership programs, go visit eastwestcenter.org. Mahalo, and I'll see you soon for another episode.